Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This special Copa del Rey episode of the Managing Madrid podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. Go over to manscaped.com and use code MANAGINGMADRID for 20% off and free shipping. And we are recording this on the back of Real Madrid's 3-1 win over Alcoyano. I'm laughing already because we haven't recorded the podcast yet, but I just, I'm just i laughing just thinking about the game, thinking about the last two goals, and thinking about how we're even going to dissect something like this. But... Since you're here, Matt, why don't you tell me, is there anyone that you thought Manscaped today before the game? So we don't have a Manscaped man of the match per se, but given it's a Copa del Rey edition, why not award the man who finally got to use his Manscaped tools, and that's Andre Lunin, his first game of the season, his first game since January 2020 against who else but El Coyano. So uh, welcome back, Andre Lunin, and Congratulations for getting to use the lawnmower 4.0 for the first time. Welcome back, Andre Lunin, and see you next year in the next Copa del Rey round of 32 game. Probably won't see you before that. Uh, listeners, get 20% off and free shipping over on manscaped.com and use code MANAGINGMADRID. Your balls will thank you. This episode is also brought to you by The Guild. Their spacious, fully loaded apartment-style accommodations can be rented for a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, and their locations are selected for their proximity to the best neighborhood restaurants and nightlife, landmark cultural sites, and tech hubs in each city. They have locations in Dallas, locations in Miami, Cincinnati, Denver, and San Antonio. They are proud sponsors of the Managing Madrid Podcast World Tour. Uh, they hooked us up in our stay in Dallas. And a reminder, we got Miami coming up in about a couple weeks now. So if you haven't booked your tickets to that, please do so. And we got uh, London UK coming up next month, and we got uh, DC in March, we got Chicago in April, we got Mumbai in May, and the link to book your your tickets are in the show notes to all of those places. By the way, this is a special uh, bonus, I guess, free episode that we're throwing up here. This one and the Valencia Post game will both be free, and we wanted to just coax you into the idea of patreon.com slash Madrid. Partly because it's awesome and you get a ton of bonus content. And if you like the show, you'll really love it. It's tremendous value for 3 bucks a month minimum. You can pledge more and get different rewards. But $3 does get you to the entire catalog of bonus content. 
Uh, but just to give you a heads up, we are doing a Zoom post-game show. So live on Zoom, patrons get a Zoom link for the Super Cup against Barcelona next week. And if you want access to that, you have to be a patron. So go over to patreon.com slash managingmadrid and sign up. And very happy to announce that I forgot to close the deal, the new, the Boxing Day deal that we were going to add where you can get two months free if you sign up for an annual membership. I forgot to close that on January 1st, which means it's still active. People have been buying it uh, the last few days, and I've just kind of let it roll through. So I will keep that deal up for the next few days. So after the Valencia game, you can still get it. So you basically have now, what is it, Wednesday? So now until Tuesday, you can get that deal still. So if you sign up for an annual membership, you basically t- pay for 10 bucks and get 12 months total. So go over to patreon.com slash management and take advantage of that deal. And enough blabbering, enough ads. Let's break down a gong show in Alicante where Real Madrid beat Alcoyano 3-1. Let's go. All right, so we're recording this not long after Real Madrid win against Alcoyano. And against all odds, backs against the wall, against a giant, which was counter-pressing us and pressing us. Like, we're not even talking about low blocks. We're not talking about how to break down a low block anymore like we did the last couple of games. We're talking about how to escape the Alcoyano press and get into their half. That's that's what we're here to discuss. An absolute gong show and a hilarious game that I would like to just erase from my memory. And uh, the good thing about it is I, I don't think we need to dwell on it too much. I think this is basically blitz through this, get over the major tactical points if we want to even break it down into that much detail because I don't think we'll even remember half of this stuff, hopefully. I, I hope... I hope we won't remember. I hope it's erased from our memory, Men in Black style, uh, by tomorrow morning when we wake up. But, Matt, what was your thought process? I mean, at one point in the second half when Alcoyana equalized, we were both kind of concerned. Is this going to go into extra time? I don't know if I can I can deal with extra time. Yeah, we were both concerned. It, there was a strange period in that second half. Well, for majority of the second half, it was just kind of, I don't know, meh, I guess you would say, and just hard to watch. And then all of a sudden, in the space of five minutes, there were a bunch of goals. So we, we got a little bit concerned, but Real Madrid managed to bounce back. Asensio gets deflected goal, and Isco gets one of the most bizarre goals you'll ever see. So uh, that's that's what does it, a 3-1 win. And you know what? I Thinking about this match afterwards and thinking about the lineup that Ancelotti put out there, I don't know that I'm in agreement with the starting 11 that he put out there. Um, mm. And even if it was a like low block, even more so I would I would have been disappointed with this lineup. And I think you saw just how much the quality went up as soon as Cruz, Isco, um, went, Cruz and Isco went in there and then they were combining with like Asensio. Just the quick, short passes, the movement of play. And I'm not saying I wanted Cruz to start, but I definitely wanted him to rest. But when you start a midfield of Casemiro, Valverde, and Camavinga, you really don't have anyone to play the progressive passes, the penetrating ball through to kind of dictate the 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 rhythm of the game. And you could tell, I mean, we lacked that. A lot of times it fell to Casemiro's shoulders, and that's not what you want. And so um, I don't think, I think we've talked about this before, but the only time we felt like maybe 
a midfield with Kamavinga and Fede Valverde as the two number eights would work is if it had somebody like Cruz behind them. Um, with yeah. Casemiro, I just don't think it works. And so I that midfield really bothered me. And and just honestly, Fede Valverde's performance, I'm a little I'm getting a little bit concerned just because it feels like he's stagnated a little bit, and I, I don't, I don't know if this is he's being told this by Ancelotti or by other coaches like Zidane as well, because he keeps going out to the right flank and holds his position there rather than being a presence in the middle and making those late arriving runs from midfield like he used to do in his first season with Zidane. Like we just don't see that anymore, and so um, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit frustrated with him. He was bad today. I but I don't know if this is a saving grace for everybody. I almost I can go through this whole team and pretty much go down the list and say this player was terrible, this player was terrible, this was player like almost everyone was just bad. And I almost like Om at one point messaged me on Slack and he's like, Man, Marcelo was genuinely just a horrible player now. And I was like, Yes, he's been horrible. And yes, that's true. But in games like this, everyone is horrible. Like I, maybe that's an exaggeration. I think that we can we can take out of uh, like I would say three four players from this game and say they had a respectable game. Um, you know, you mentioned Casemiro earlier. As far as like horror shows, horror performances, this was about as bad as I can remember from Casemiro. Like Fetty's passing was bad. Fede's passing was at least bad under pressure. Casemiro was just any time an Alcoyano player would come within like five meters of him, he would just panic and just kick the ball somewhere. It, w- it was shocking to see. Credit to Alcoyano with the energy and like in the games like this again, it just feels like a little bit of a shit show. You just have to get out of it unscathed somehow. <laughs> and uh, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here. It, it's just it's a weird phenomenon because you're playing a Sigunda Bayside and. It just almost feels like nothing. It it I I I don't like analyzing it. I, it just feels weird to analyze because it doesn't feel like something happens psychologically in games like this. Where I don't know if there was demons from last season, but this is also just a random thing in the Copa del Rey. Like we just do not have a good relationship with this competition. It's just no matter what. And and earlier this uh, earlier today when Barca were losing one 0 I refrained from saying anything because I knew what was about to come in the Alcoyano game. I also feel, even with in, with hindsight with winning this game three one, I also feel that this game is just put your put your Castilla players in and let them like they'll, they'll play with less pressure. They'll play with a lot of tenacity with something to prove. They go down fighting or they win, which is a great side. And and I'm not like if. I was actually concerned at various points in this game because it's not just that Alcoyano were playing good. It's that they were physical and aggressive and hostile. And they were going at our shins and knees and joints and ligaments. I was worried about Kamavinga at certain points in this game. I was worried about Rodrigo. I mean, I thought Rodrigo was one of the, probably the only one who can hang his head high in the attack from the starters. And even he, like, there were moments where He's trying to turn, and there's like five players converging on him and not looking at the ball. They're just like, we go through you, the ball, everything. It doesn't matter. Like We're, we're taking no prisoners. So I, I was concerned about the physical health at, at parts of this game too. 
Yeah, I mean, for, for Alcoyano, it's the game of their lives. And the, the adrenaline coursing through the veins of those players. I mean, Real Madrid guys aren't going to match that. The only ones who maybe would match that, to your point, is if we threw some Castillo guys out there and gave them their debuts because that would be the match of their life, debuting with the Real Madrid first team. Um, but you would think that adrenaline eventually wears off after 10 to 15 minutes and once Real Madrid starts playing their game and starts making you chase the ball, then it should be a different story. But that never really happened. Um, and I think that was maybe the disappointing thing from this match. And Keon, you mentioned that we, we can't really analyze too much, but I think if we look at like larger trends and kind of overarching themes from the season, like for, with my point about Fede, I think, can we name one game this season he's been the standout player and had a major major impact i can't think of one and so that's that's where it's like uh, this is another one and this is a game against the segunda b side where he should really be stamping his authority in midfield and kind of proving he can be a guy there and uh, you go down the line like look at hazard in this game absolutely nothing non-factor and for me i'm <sighs> I go on a rant here because I'm just so tired of these hazard performances and I'm tired of think about all the opportunities he's gotten. He has almost played 60 matches for Real Madrid, all the opportunities he's gotten just because his name is hazard. If, and if this was any other player, they wouldn't be anywhere near the Real Madrid pitch. If it was a kid getting these appearances from Castilla, they would be, they would be knocked back down to Castilla or sold, loaned, whatever you may be. If it was Martin Odegaard, I mean, Martin Odegaard never got these chances. If it was Peter Federico, who deserves these, Sergio Riba, like, I'd rather see these guys. Danny Ceballos, I would rather see them on the wing than Hazard at this point. I think they would offer more. I think it would be more exciting. And I think there's more upside potential. I don't really think you have any upside potential with Hazard. I hope I'm wrong, but it's been two three years now like I don't think we're wrong at this point and so with him I'm just I'm kind of fed up like I think it's ridiculous that he's gotten this many appearances for Real Madrid okay so let's start with your Fede point the only I went back through this well you asked the question and I quickly just scanned my notes to see if there were any he hasn't had really anything this season to really cheer about like he did last season. The one game I thought he was good was against Inter away from home. Uh, that's that's the one, or was it at home? Uh, no, it was the one away from home. And just to give you listeners a heads up, my son Luca is in and out of this room, and he's and he, he doesn't care that I'm doing a podcast. He'll talk to me in and out of this podcast. So I'll mute my microphone when I'm not talking, case in point. But uh, the, yeah, Fede, that was the only game that stood out to me was the Inter game. Before we get to the Hazard stuff, I just also wanted to make a point because you, you talked about like you know the worry about progressive passing if you had Kamavinga, Fede, and Casemiro together. 100% true. I think that that's a lot of burden on Kamavinga to play those progressive passes, and he can do it. He's the best out of those three. Um, my concern is that also Kamavinga is a safe player in nature, which is not always a bad thing. Like Let's say if you have... Cruz and Modric, that's not a bad thing to have alongside you. But when it's the burdens on you, like there were, and again, I thought he was the best midfielder we had today. But when you, 
like there were moments where he has like 15 yards of space in front of him to carry the ball. And what he does instead is like he he plays a square pass and instead of making an off ball run to like create a pass and move sequence and, and break lines a little bit, he drops deep and gives the gives the person he's passing to absolutely nothing to work with. And it when you already have Casemiro playing that deep role, I don't I don't find that necessary. Like he needed to do a little bit more, but but he was one of the better ones. But I'm talking about more of like the structure of like when it's on him, the burden to do the progressive passes. I think I think that becomes a little bit problematic. Um, yeah, man, Hazard is like we thought Asensio was a ghost against. Um, Against uh, who did we just play before this? Hetafe. Hetafe. Yeah. Um, Hazard had 18 touches at halftime, and was just a non-factor. Neither was Mariano, but I don't expect anything from Mariano. Maybe I shouldn't expect anything from Hazard at this point either. But like he, when he gets the ball, like he'll just he'll usually hold on to it decently. Like he'll. He'll find a pass. He'll move it around smoothly, but he can't. Like that's just it. That's about it. That's you can't expect anything more from him at this point. Yeah, and I, I just, I, it, it frustrates me because I don't think he warrants all the minutes he's gotten and all the opportunities. Like think about how many other players would die for that. And like Sergio Ribas, he played every single time we saw him. He played well, and I'm not saying he'd go on to be. A Real Madrid starter or a squad player will know what he's capable of at this point. But I, I honestly think he would do more with those opportunities and those minutes than Hazard has done so far. And so that's I agree. that's why I'm frustrated. And it's I, not I just, just think... because of like like it's 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 also um, common sense. He dribbles at past yeah. players. So does Peter. Like he'll give that to you. And by the way, Alcoyano is literally the the kind of opponent he plays against. It's not like this. What is not rocket <laughs> yeah. science? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point and so and i mean just and i know we're kind of bouncing all over the place but it's just where my thoughts are, are racing to like kind of back to the point on kamavinga and fede in the starting lineup like i think this would have been uh, like if you're going to play casemiro if you adamant about that then i would have played isco and sabios in front of him like have some guys like that some who are going to control dictate the play dominate possession be able to play an incisive pass just you the way the camera angle was i don't know if it was the same for you in this yeah match, for everybody the, i kind of yeah for all these yeah Segunda i kind of like bay games castilla games, yeah, it's always like this. i i liked it a little like it's harder to see kind of the tactical things but in terms of just like seeing individual player quality and their touches and stuff like that i like it from that perspective and like you could immediately notice when isco came on the pitch just like he sees the spaces. He does the little tiki-taka, one-two touches, pass and move. And Ceballos the same. I mean, he had five minutes. Like, you could see he wanted to do the same thing. And we almost needed that kind of prototypical Spanish midfielder, get on the ball, be comfortable on the ball, play those progressive passes, play, like, that's that's what I felt like we missed. And, like, it was just, it was almost too much of a, lopsided 4-3-3 with Fede being like a third right midfielder. So you had Rodrigo Nacho and Fede on a straight line at times. And then Casemiro and Kamavinga trying to build out play and Hazard kind of wandering in and out. It was just, it didn't feel like a fluid system that maybe you would have gotten with those guys in there. Well, Isco was kind of, 
I, I, a lot of people were just laughing at the whole East Coast situation because of the way he scored the goal. But let's be honest. He would have made a lot more sense in this game. than Like, when you put Kamavinga and Fede and Casemiro together, what do you expect, really? Like, what you expect, like a bunch of creativity? You expect the... Uh, you expect to escape pressure easily. Like, you're just not going to happen. And I wrote about this in my column this week that I think if you look at the depth chart and you look at the like-for-like replacements, like, okay, you Modric, I think, def, like, Fede or Kamavinga makes sense for a Modric replacement. As a pure ball progressor, I think Isco should be number two to Cruz. When you look at his strengths and his ability to, to bring the ball up the field, I think, I think Isco almost has to be on the field when Cruz isn't on the field. I know maybe that sounds crazy given the fact that Isco's like barely played and it's like sometimes we forget he's in the squad, but when you look at his player profile, he should be he should be Cruz's backup in my opinion. Just in terms of the player profile, he brings what Cruz brings to the table it from a lighter perspective, but he he does it. He's he's going to at least bring you some link up play on the left side. He's going to be able to break lines a little bit. He's going to have a few good vertical passes. Um I, I wanted to put it out there. I I think East Coast time at Real Madrid is basically over, and to you know for reasons beyond any of our controls, they, like his contract's going to run out, and unless Lopetegui walks through that door or something crazy like that, he's done here. But I really think that he would have made sense from a profile perspective. And Sabios, I agree with about the Sabios take as well because he Sabios is a nice player too because he doesn't always I don't know if he has this reputation or not, but because he's a smaller guy very very small frame people forget that he's actually very uh physical like he he'll he'll fight for he may not be strong but he'll fight and he'll he'll put in a good challenge as well so in a game like this maybe if you if you really wanted some muscle he'll um i had confidence that he would he would fight for you and yeah you you need players like isco and sabayos like, and i know that sounds crazy against alcoyano but we all saw the game like i i don't i think you really have to look at the pairings in midfield um, and it's not always just about to put about putting the three quote unquote best players available. It's about finding the right pairing as well. Yeah, and I think like of that starting eleven, I think the only salvageable players. One you mentioned was Rodrigo. I agree with that. Um, he got fouled like five times in the first five minutes, and his actually his uh, deliveries set pieces i thought were were phenomenal and i'd love to see him take more set pieces we he took that one free kick on his debut against Bayern munich and scored i don't think we've ever seen him take a set piece after that but um today they were really good the corner kick and then he had a free kick before that so um i like that side of his game and then the other two that stood out for me just because of like their attitude and how they took the game was alaba and militao i thought um, they shored things up in the back. They they took no prisoners. They weren't joking around. And like Alaba's, you could just see it on Alaba's the second the game started. Like he took it seriously. So um, I thought those three were probably our our best performers. Yeah, I liked I liked Alaba and Militao. I like Alaba also had some good sequences. So did Militao, just covering for Militao even had to come over the left side to cover for Marcelo a couple times, and. Uh, I think if there was any vulnerability on left side, it was obviously Marcelo's. Particularly the left half space, they would they were getting into that zone. And uh, I, I I'm just I can't believe we're talking about this. The other thing that drove me nuts is like the long balls. Uh, like that was our only answer against this. It's just long balls. It it's a really weird. 
it's a weird one to break down because it's partly it's because I'm just in disbelief at, at how bad we were. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Alaba and Militao. Um, we have some Ancelotti quotes coming in as we're recording. Uh, someone asked him about Hazard's confidence levels and he says, I hope to see Hazard with confidence soon. He has to have more confidence because he has the quality to do it. Little by little, I think he will return. It is important that he is doing what he is doing. His conditions are much better than in the months. I hope he can return to his best level soon. Okay. Um, he did confirm like what we all saw that after the sub, he was playing as a nine uh, or a false nine rather. Um, and uh, happy for Isco. He says the whole team delivered. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know that you can take too much from this this press conference. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Mariano has an injury to his right get? right leg, which we saw him come yeah, off. Yeah, Mariano's Mariano's minutes to minutes played to injuries is might be worse else because he he gets injured so often um do you think it's part like people like often say that it's because the way he flies like he doesn't seem to care about his body he goes all out he goes i i mean that in the sense that it's almost like a compliment because he he just puts his body on the line you know it's the equivalent of an nba player taking charges when like uh, a steam train is coming at you and you just stand and and you take it he puts his body on the line and i think that's got to be at least part of the reason why i'm not i'm no sports yeah. scientist obviously but yeah yeah well i couldn't believe um asensio literally just when mariano got injured asensio comes on and they just he was sitting on the bench and then he just runs onto the field warm up no nothing like i'm just thinking to myself you're asking for another pulled muscle right there but he managed fine obviously scored a goal i thought i actually thought asensio was was good yeah, like he, was he okay. wasn't he was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, important in the build-up too, I guess, to East Coast goal. Um, I just want to talk about Lunin for a sec. Ancelotti said after the game, like, there's no guarantee that Lunin's going to be the Copa goalkeeper. Like, so, and that's, I kind of thought that too. And that's why I said at the beginning of the podcast, we may not see Lunin again until next round of 32 next season, <laughs> if he's even here. But it's weird to me, like, you... You would think, especially how the game last season went, Jose Juan, Alcoyano's goalkeeper, who became famous after that game, and obviously was, you know, had a lot of quotes in the in the pregame to this. He said, you know, my sons. He had some, you know, quotes that we posted on the site today. I didn't read, even read all of them. He said something about like my sons have asked me, asked like the three kings for me. I don't know what he was saying. It was <laughs> I don't even know. I literally did not read the quotes. I just saw some headlines on on our own website. I didn't read it, but <laughs> the headline was my kids have asked the three kings to beat Real Madrid. Uh, anyways, my point was, where I was going with this, is that uh, you would have totally expected him to be the busier goalkeeper on the night. It was Lunin who was dealing with everything. I barely even remembered Jose Juan doing anything in this game. Like there was, to start earlier at the start of the game, Mariano had a break where he was offside and Jose Juan saved that. I thought that may have been a premonition that we were just going to see Jose Juan. That that was his first of like 100 saves. But we didn't test him, and that was the weird thing to me. Like, even when Militao scored from the corner, it really felt like it was against the run of play. Yeah, it did. And the only shot we had, uh, the only other shot we had in the first half was that long-distance Rodrigo shot uh, from outside the box 
which went way wide. So besides Militao's goal, that was it. And then in the second half, you think about it, like I gotta I gotta go back and look, but I don't think we had any other shots besides the goals. Um, so it was one of those games. Like again, the system, like just the way the personnel out there didn't didn't put us in the right conditions to create a bunch of goal scoring opportunities. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm. I'm, I'm happy for Lunin. Like I, I feel for the guy. I felt so bad for him last year. Literally, you have one game to play. We get knocked out the in the first round of the competition. So that was the only game you played all year. And he's had tough loan spells. Um, every time, like when we watched him on the loan tracker, I was always I always came away impressed. And um, I remember writing some articles for for Managing Madrid uh, where the Leganes goalkeeper coach was interviewed and he he said like, i think Lunin could be a champions league level goalkeeper and um the the kid certainly got potential i mean he's he was just highly highly touted before coming to real madrid and he's it's kind of been a lot of lost years and we'll see i mean we'll see how his career pans out i have no idea what's gonna happen i don't know i don't know if it's really worth it for him to just play a handful of matches every year but I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see what what comes of it. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was hilarious uh, that the way we won this game was uh, through, like, we, you you can call it um, an Asensio deflected goal. I think I think Asensio was credited with the goal, but to me, it's a lot more funny if you just call it a Raúl González own goal. Cause it's like it just you can't even make this stuff up. It was like I joked on Twitter. It was like his spirit is with us tonight. Like when Raúl González deflects the ball into the net, that's the way you you win the game. That's the game winning goal. And then the second, the second or the third goal rather, the second goal, of the second half. But the third goal was you know low key Militao nice interception and plays a long diagonal switch to Hazard or was it Rodrigo? I think Rodrigo actually receives the ball. And uh, at that point, Alcoyana were all over the place defensively. Hazard, with the, I guess, assist, technically, cuts it back to Asensio. And, or, no, I'm, I'm mixing it. That was the second goal. Uh, the third goal. Matt, I'm losing my mind, man. The, thir- the third goal was, the second goal was the Militao interception. My apologies. The, the third goal was the Isco goal. Uh, is there... Anything to break down there? I mean, Asensio, a nice through ball to, to Marcelo, I suppose, who kept himself onside. And then the ball eventually finds his way to Isco, who does well to at least be in position. But then he gets decked, like, just completely decked by Jose Juan, WWE style. And the ball bounces <laughs> off him and into the net. I actually laughed when I saw that goal, especially the replay when you see the amount of times the ball is just bouncing all over the place. Just one of those games that... I don't know. Does it does it matter? I mean, Let's... that summed up the game. Right? Up the game. And I think, I mean, the one credit I'll give Isco was I thought he got a touch on the ball and controlled it and kind of like brought it around um, Jose Juan. And then Jose Juan just decked him. And it was even funnier because Isco's so small, Jose Juan's pretty lanky. So that, that made it even funnier. But our two goals came... Like literally back to back, Marco Asensio's goal was in the 76th, and uh, Isco's was in the 78th, and it was a, literally Isco came on in the 78th minute and he scores in the 78th minute. So right after coming on, 
And um, I mean, I thought I'll give the team credit here. Like it was at least a good response after uh, after the equalizer. In the last season, we didn't see this. Last season, we went all the way to extra time and then lost. And so um, this year, like they kept their heads. Uh, the sub- substitutions obviously made a difference. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the the goal that um, Alcoyano scored. I, I think the only thing we can really break down there is Casemiro gets beat 1v1. A couple like times, too. That kind of went down to him, and I think he got he got beat pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, he got, he got turned inside out. <clears throat> um, I guess let me ask you this to end it. How much of this, does this game matter? How much does any of the stuff we're saying matter? Is this do you do you treat this like as if it was a preseason game that we don't really talk about again, and it's just just the circumstances were were surreal? Like, do we just does it matter? Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I think the only time we maybe bring it, like people will bring it up is they'll say Hazard and Marcelo couldn't even do it against Alcoyano. Like that's the only time I see this coming up. <laughs> um. Ancelotti had another quote that I just saw that in a way sums it up. He says, quote, these matches aren't about quality. We played the way we had to play. I think like in some ways that that that's a fair, fair way to look at it. You know, you just you do what you got to do and you get the hell out of there and we don't talk about it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. I'm OK with that. <laughs> um Anything else that uh, you want to discuss here? Um, the only thing that I'm just seeing now, another while we're on the subject of quotes coming out afterwards, post-game quotes, uh, Murad, an Alcayano player, said afterwards that the player who impressed him the most was Kamavinga. He said Kamavinga was everywhere. It seemed like he, he wasn't going to get to the ball, and then there he was. He was the one that did us the most damage. So interesting to hear that from the opposition. All right, Murad has spoken. Murad, is that what his name? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So now, I mean, look, we have to quickly forget about this game also by default because we have a a pretty tough schedule coming up with Valencia and Barcelona as well. Barcelona, who by the way, you know, struggled pretty pretty badly today too. But um, yeah, we have uh, we quickly move on from this game, and uh, we got Valencia, then Barca, and then we get about nine day break or so before we play Elche and in that time span we'll also be we'll also be doing a podcast in Miami. So busy month. We move on quickly. Uh wanted to give you guys a heads up, kind of some housekeeping that if you go on managingmajor.com you'll see a lot of written content. You'll see a lot of the post game coverage here. You have Ancelotti quotes, you have Jose's immediate reaction, you have Ewan McTeer's three questions, three answers. You'll also at some point, see Matt's player ratings, I think. I don't know. I put you on the spot there. You you can just, if you want, you can just put a one next to yeah, everybody's name. They're on the way. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also, there are a couple of big features on the site now. So, Mehdi Hassan did a retro analysis of uh, Real Madrid versus Liverpool from last season, the first leg at the at the Di Stefano. And also, I wrote about 4,000 words on winners and losers from the first half of the season. So, go check that out. That'll, that they are both pinned on the homepage for now. And again, if you want get to get uh, the deal on patreon.com slash managing majority, you get 12 months for the price of 10 months. And before we wrap it up here, I want to give a shout out to our $10 plus patrons who 
not only get guaranteed responses to their questions, but also get a specific shout out on the podcast. So shout out to Brandon Alvarez, Bella Chow, Willie Reed, Wei Pering, Wamik Jamal, Umar Mahadi, Tyler Simon, Tyler Dixon, Tobias Arroyo Bacher, Tahmid Kalam, Sujaiwani, Sumanshu Singh, Shivam Tiwari, Shamil, Shabal Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Sorosano, Said Mahad, Rovi Tagiev, Rishi D, Raul Gutierrez, Raghav Potluri, Phoenix, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Zapatero, Zubiare, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Muxi Thengal, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Martin Ridman, Marcos Treminio, Leon Stavernakis, Kunal Tilikar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Graham Gerard, Gary Kohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Austin Fury Erdman, Anthony Lombardi, Anirudh Singh, Alexi Seniseros, Al Adar Zelikovic, Adam Dorsey, Varun, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. Thank you guys so much for your support. We love you all. Matt, thank you. As always, we'll chat soon. And uh, take care. Enjoy, the, enjoy your night. And we'll also be back tomorrow for a mailbag over on patreon.com slash Madrid with Lucas. Thanks, Matt. Take care, buddy. Yep. Thanks, Ken. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.